All right, well, we're getting started here. This is Bob. And this is Jordan. And this is Shop Talks. Mm -hmm. We're here at the tattoo shop in Boise, Idaho, just uh, shooting the shit. Yeah, we had a big session there. We should yeah, have got the been, camera out. Yeah, we've been, we were shooting quite a lot of shit. Yeah. Maybe Flinging we, it all over the place. Yeah. Popping it with fucking cap maybe, guns. Maybe yeah, that's what yeah. we need to do with some of that camera work, too. Yeah, maybe. Get Caden in and whoever wants to come sit in. I'm, he's sitting right there, and his name went pop right in my brain. Gary. 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 I'm sorry, Gary. <laughs> Fuck. So what's up, man? What's on your oh, heart? Nothing, man. You know, actually, a lot of this whole thing from our conversation last week, mm -hmm. and my conversation with my lovely wife this week, um, with Black Lives Matter, mm -hmm. and having trying to balance this out, you know, because that's what my brain wants. My brain, my brain thinks it can fix everything. And and I always remind myself you can you can't serve man and God, you love one and hate the other. And but I try and balance this out in my mind because I want love. I want this to turn into love. You know, um, you know it's like having a magician's battle or a sorcerer's battle or a wizard's battle. And one wizard's throwing all this crap at this one wizard, and the wizard just turns everything else into fluffy flowers or mm -hmm. rays of sunshine or bluebirds singing. You know. Mm -hmm. That's you know that's what I'd like that's what I'd like to see is for us to turn this on its head. I understand there's a lot of contention out there, and but the last thing I, I remember watching a lot of videos this week, and I saw a, a African a, a black man and his son, really small boy, okay, he wasn't very old at all, but they had shirts on that said "My Life Matters," mm -hmm. okay, that guy could be rich today. Because everybody would buy one of those motherfucking shirts. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'd buy one. I'd buy one for Harper. I'd buy a onesie. I'd buy a onesie at 18 months, 24 months, until uh -huh. she's fucking in high school. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. My life matters. And we, that's what we need to see from our eye. You know, remove the moat from your eye and you look at everybody else. Don't look for their beam. Just say their life matters. Uh -huh. There's, that's, that's, you, what, where's the love? You know, there's got to be love here. We, you well, can't. I think that that's. I think that it is fundamentally necessary for uh, governmental systems of control, and by extension, their media or and or propaganda machine to. So contention among the citizens, yeah, and to provide them with enemies amongst themselves, and this is just another form of that. Unfortunately, I hope and pray that people see past that, see past the the officially prescribed narrative, to try to understand and realize actual, effective, practical solutions to some of these problems, rather than to just buy into the media narrative, the propaganda machine narrative, which only... Gets clicks, gets it clicks, gets and makes clicks, money. Gets clicks, makes, makes money. money. But it, the purpose is to sow contention among the citizens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's, there's a joint uh, statement released by the NAACP and the LDS Church. Okay. 
I don't. I this may be this may be old, but um, it still drives home a good point. Unitedly, we declare that the answer to racism, prejudice, discrimination, and hate will not come from government or law enforcement alone. Solutions will come as we open our hearts to those whose lives are different than our own, as we work to build bonds of genuine friendship, and as we see each other as the brothers and sisters we are. We are all children of a loving God. Can't say much against that. I mean, you could if you're an atheist, but I mean, that's, and that's well, okay. I mean, that's okay. Or say a loving universe, or say a loving earth, or say a loving community, or insert whatever yeah. um, thing that, whatever fucking uh, large collection of consciousness that you consider to be larger than your own, if you are uncomfortable with the word or concept of God, just say loving community, yeah. loving society. We're all the children of a loving society. Or we should be. Yeah, we should right? be. Right? So, yeah, people, I mean, get get far too hung up on the verbiage if, when you say God. Like, if, if God doesn't fit your, your picture of existence, then just insert whatever form of collective consciousness you consider to be greater than yourself. That's fair, right? Yeah, I think it's very fair, yeah. No, we're not here to convert you to anything. No, not at all. So, what's the use? But a good quote, your all, job? All the, uh, you know, a good general quote, all the same, I think. Um, <coughs> yeah, I, I, I think that there is a great deal of misinformation being used to further an argument in this scenario that is significantly illogical and damaging. Yeah. Now, all I want is perfect equality and freedom and autonomy for every person alive on Earth, not just Americans. And I think that I said that, you know, or tried to pound that point home quite a bit last week, that the majority of people living today, black, white, gay, straight, or otherwise, in the United States, are really the 1%. No matter how much they feel put upon, the reality is their lives are pretty fucking cush compared to most people around the world. you could look at, you know, you compare... I mean, I always tell people not to judge how people lived back then by our standards today. But you can sure look at the living standard, you know, and how they lived and how I'm not they referring made money. to time. I'm not referring to, like, then versus now. I'm referring to, um, to now versus now. I'm just referring to what is... Okay. What's the real difference between the way your average... Um, you know, uh, black youth lives in America on a college campus versus the way an average um, youth of the same age lives in rural China or in 
Congo. Okay. Well, I'm saying that the idea that there is a system of oppression and a power structure in place that keeps a majority of the people under its thumb is very true. I just think that most of the people complaining about that system of oppression in the U.S. are mistakenly under the impression that they are under the thumb and not a part of the thumb. I am saying that the people who are complaining about being under the thumb are actually a part of the thumb. And they are purposefully failing to see it. In the same way that they would claim that white people are purposefully failing to see systemic racism because it fits their narrative of the world. Or the comfort zone. Yeah, it fits their narrative of, of what's going on. Yeah. I'm saying that most people in the United States are failing to see what's going on around the globe because their failure to recognize the overall system of control on the planet helps to bolster their feeling that they are the oppressed and not the oppressor. Well, I, I asked my wife tonight, I said, I said, I grew up in a small town in Oregon, a little town called Elgin. I don't, re I don't remember there being Hispanic people in town. There probably were, I just don't remember. Specifically, Specifically yeah. they, they were in my circle, right? I mean, the high school was white. We were all white. There was one gentleman, one kid, <coughs> who was Nez Pierce. And actually, we probably tortured him relentlessly, frankly. I probably could go back and look at conversation with him that we all laughed. And he laughed, but there was a glint in his eye that probably said that wasn't cool. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So, um, a good guy, though. I liked him. I think of him and I like, I think of, I think fondly of him. But anyway, um, huge ACDs fan. <laughs> so I said, so I asked, I asked my wife, I said, what could I have done differently then, you know, living in Whiteville, America, Oregon, mm -hmm. you know? in the middle of nowhere. I, that's where I was very poor. I mean, I wasn't poor. My parents were poor and I was living you with them. You were poor by extension. I was poor by extension. Just yes. So, and dad got a job, finally got a job at the sawmill and things kind of turned around. Yeah. But dad was trying to make his own logging business and it, it just didn't go well Yeah. a couple times. And that's no, no slight on him. That's what entrepreneurs do. But anyway, my dad always thought of himself as an entrepreneur. That's good. So, um, but I was talking to Caden earlier, and I said, well, you know, I grew up with growing up in the 80s, rap music really became Sorry, really, yeah, yeah, really big, yeah. And um, I, I remember watching videos Fridays and Saturday nights on TBS, yeah. Night Tracks. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And they, he, they played them freaking all night. Yeah, right? oh yeah, I remember. So, um, and I remember watching the rap videos, you know, um, what was it, New Edition, cool it now, so <laughs> Anyway, so, um, but I didn't necessarily care for the rap music. It wasn't my bag, you know, because <laughs> they were talking about something that, you know, life in the inner city and things like that. Yeah, well, it was just a lot of stuff that yeah. you didn't identify right, with. Right, exactly. Yeah. 
but I, you know, but then I thought about it some more, and I thought, yeah, but you know, it's not that I didn't listen to, you know, black artists. I listened to Chuck Berry. I mean, I wore, I had a Chuck Berry tape. I wore that sucker out. You know, that was a great. That was great. It was the greatest hits. Loved it. You know, so I and I because I've been trying to compartmentalize. Where is my racism? Where's my bias? Where's my prejudice? And it really isn't. And maybe I, that's the word is wrong. Maybe I really we need to worry about our biases and our prejudices that we might globalize or create blanket statements or blanket feelings of from what we see on TV or see on the news. Mm-hmm. You know, well, on, on the news especially about things that we may not or may or may not agree with. Well, I mean, anytime you might like to fucking think or feel a certain way about somebody because of something that they didn't have control over, be it their sexual orientation or the color of their skin or where they were born or uh, what their last name is or any of these other things, um, you're probably making a mistake. And that's kind of just where I leave that argument. It doesn't... The same thing applies across the board to many things. You have to be able to... you, you, You have to... At some point in your life when you have bad experiences, you have to learn to grow beyond those. Oh, sure. So, I, I don't know how good I am at that, though. Um, so, I was sexually molested when I was nine. Okay? Didn't last very long, but it still had an impact on me. Mm-hmm. Okay? Of course. Yeah. And, um, so I did not like homosexuals. When I turned in my 20s, I got my job at that the call center that became the DirecTV call center. Mm-hmm. Well, after a while, I realized that living, working in a call center, living in that culture of the call center, that that meant that I got to interact with a lot of gay people. Yeah. And some of them were, you know, spectacular people. And some of them, you're like... Just like all other people, like some of them were fucking right. dickheads and some of them were right. awesome. And so I, I do have to give credit to DirecTV and my job, my job there. And cause, but my feelings about that was based fully on my perpetrator. Well, it was based on this experience that you had right, where you exactly. were fucking uh, you know, exactly. abused when you were nine. Right. So like, and that's, that's not uncommon. I mean, that's a really common thing for, you know... You know you know, victims of, of sexual abuse, like you, you, you now kind of spread that just as a generalization across all people because you were, you know, traumatized and so now you have an emotional response that you probably at the well, time... Well, creates a knee-jerk reaction. At the, at the time, yeah, you weren't able to sort it out yeah. fully. Right, but in meeting good people and talking with them and yeah. and having those kind of conversations, yeah. you know, not even telling about why my experience or even how I felt about it before that, sure. you know, because I didn't need it, because I realized you don't have to go up to people, I used to hate you people, but now because I work with you, I like you people. Yeah, like, it's no, like they it's, don't fucking like but still, I mean, it's it's. A, You're supposed to say you people. You people. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, I can't laugh too much. My lips are so fucking chapped and dry right now. Uh, that Idaho uh, winter wind. Yeah, dude. We snow up to my tits. That's awesome, bro. Yeah, it's fucking sweet. I went sledding. Oh. Not yesterday, the day before. Not sledding, sledding, because I didn't have a sled. It's technically, it's called glissading, where you just slide on your fucking ass. 
down a steep, steep snowy hill. That's cool. Yeah. I was wondering when you posted that picture on on Instagram with the mask on that you said you're going up to the mountains. I thought, oh, I didn't even think about how snowy it is up there. Oh, bro, yeah, we were in the bottom of the Frank Church, like bottom of the Salmon Range. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's uh, we're and we as we were driving up there, it was fucking dumping down snow. I could just see like my wife's fucking face like what the fuck are we getting into <laughs> and then like you know by by the time the first night rolls around we're all setting up camp in the snow you know and fucking everything's like what the fuck did we get into what is this asshole why who the fuck wants to go out and fucking like <clears throat> frigid fucking temperatures to fucking camp around a fucking lake in the fucking snow in the middle of nowhere and yeah the answer is me because that's what I chose to do for my birthday. But, uh, fucking, was, John, fucking Jordan's birthday. We froze our tits off. Oh, bro. I froze my tits off. It wasn't a fucking... I asked Johnny how his boy did. He was, he was warmer than the rest of us. Sure, yeah. <laughs> that boy had us that blast up there. Oh, dude. All the kids, the kids fucking loved it. You know, I mean... They'd fucking get snowy and cold or they'd fucking fall in the lake and fucking start crying because you know they were freezing their asses off but like in general I mean you know they're running around fucking having snowball fights and like you know very rarely do kids get to go you know what I did I just drove went, drove over here and we went camping and had a snowball fight in June <laughs> that's more of an Alaska thing not a fucking yeah. 48 thing but yeah. if you know where to go and what to do then you can have all sorts of fun the snow all year round. That's cool. That's cool. I uh, I kind of realized when I turned 16 or 17 that I quit wanting to play in the snow when I turned 12 because that's when I realized snow was cold. Oh. So I just stopped because we were all it snowed all the time. Oh, yeah. But then it, it stopped. It kind of dissipated for those years. Uh-huh. You know that I don't know what it was, but uh, that huge drought section between you know 19. 97 to 2010, 2000, no, 2007 or 2008. It was super dry. Yeah. It was weird. That was a, that was a long drought. Yeah. I remember the, I was married to Mary then and she came from Detroit. So she always, she came here because her family told her who lived here then said, oh, it's really temperate here. It's moderate here. It's not as cold in Detroit. There's no hardly any snow. So she comes here and so we're living together. We're married. And there's it dumps two feet of snow overnight, and she just starts yelling. I'm like, "You're 109 miles north of the 45th parallel." Yeah, you're or like, south. I'm sorry. You're you're 103 miles or 109 miles south of the 45th parallel. You're closer to the North Pole than you think. Yeah, about halfway there. <laughs> yeah, about halfway. Yeah. And close technical... enough that we get some snow, but not so close that you freeze your. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you're right. It is. I, I wanted to tell you, by the way, you came. I came in the other day, and you told me it's going to be super hot this summer. And I was like, that's what they keep saying. And then that was it. A week ago, two weeks ago today, mm-hmm. or two weeks ago tomorrow. Yeah. 100 degrees on a Saturday. Yeah. All that humidity was a fucking bitch too. Oh yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be real hot. Yeah. And Idaho is supposed to be the epicenter of heat in the nation this year. Really. Repent, repent. Because <laughs> we're all so twisted up here. It's our fucking, it's our fucking uh, refusal to fucking bow down to the uh, 
The COVID? The COVID. That's why they're like, we'll bombard you with heat. <laughs> oh. There's a lot of conflicting stories out. Even the NPR is talking about how COVID wasn't as big a deal as they said it was. Any person with two eyeballs who passed, who passed third grade math and can read should know for a fact that COVID was a significantly overblown debacle. I think that was the uh, Tucker Carlson, I sent you a messenger while you were gone, hmm. was him talking about, um, yeah, our leaders use the health agent emergency to subvert democracy. Oh shit. That's obvious. But that doesn't fucking say whether or not the fucking it, whether or not it was justified. It clearly it clearly wasn't. But yeah. it's really it's 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 a fucking people don't like I've said many times, people don't like ugly truths. They'd rather believe a beautiful lie. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. It hurts. It feels like shit to believe an ugly truth. Well, you know, your lipstick's on a pig, still a pig, right? Yeah. You know. Oh, Bob. <laughs> this world's a fucking mess, bro. Well. It you know, is. I, and I appreciate your position on. I appreciate your position on, you know, how we're we're making a mess of things right now. Because because out of out of chaos can come order. So we but and, and we need a little chaos sometimes to shake things out. I, I think know. that it's I think that we've gone so far down certain paths that like a good deal of chaos is going to ensue right. and is necessary to allow for the changes. That, well, but we that, all need to uh, we, if we could all wake up to the fact that we're being duped on both sides. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, that, Democrat or Republican, yeah. whatever you align with you're wrong. Right. And and I mean, there's an umbrella that I know that you may not agree with me on, but that umbrella really is the Constitution. We really no, need to cling to that. I really do appreciate the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, uh, the founding documents of our, of our system of government, of our country. And I think that there is significant value in how to grow and maintain societal order under a governmental structure in those documents. And it has to be followed. What? But it has to be followed. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to fucking follow it and you have to fucking be honest about that. But unfortunately, a long time ago, our system of government was subverted for a fucking corporation. Yeah. You're part of the Corporation of America, not the United States of America, the, the uh, fucking Constitutional Republic of the United States of America. You currently belong to the Corporation of America, and you just haven't fucking read the paperwork yet. Yeah. If you're curious about what I'm saying, or you think I'm some kind of a nutbag, just fucking go and read the paperwork. I don't want to fucking get all into it, because I'll just, yeah, yeah, get all whipped up into a tizzy. 
Yeah. Um, there's a new book coming out in October by uh, his name's God. I don't remember his last name off the top of my head. I follow him on Twitter, and it's um, I don't remember the name title of the book even. But I'm excited. Oh shit! There's a new book. Yeah, new you book coming out in October. It. Yeah, there's a that's, new book somewhere. That's really Something. embarrassing. I'm just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I I'm looking forward to new books. And you know, and actually, oh, yeah. I've gone back into my uh, audio auto audible account and just got books on um, mythology. Uh-huh. You know, start listening. I've just started listening to things that are innocuous and but are entertaining and also can teach me something about the structure of the social structure of society where they were then yeah. you know and how we're evolving into that structure as well, well you know I do I do really enjoy mythology it, it uh, you know holds a lot of uh, specific keys to like archetypes grown from the collective consciousness you know so I don't I think that that's probably really some of the most important stuff people can study. Right. They just unfortunately study it from the perspective of an interesting, um, dramatic story from a, or superstition or superstition from an old culture that didn't have a clear understanding of of science and the way things are. When in reality, it it's significantly more subtle and insightful than that. Some of our greatest philosophers of their time who still are stay have, have said things that are so relevant today were people who worship those gods you know so well they just related to the forces at play in the world um, and they anthropomorphized those forces so like yeah if you want to look back and call them like a people with a primitive understanding of the world because they chose for the purposes of education to anthropomorphize the forces at play in the world as they experience them, then I think that you you do them a disservice, but you also do yourself a great disservice because you miss some of the most important aspects of what the mythology was trying to teach. <laughs> so let's can we break that down a little differently? Please, yeah, sure. Okay. So music today, my 12-year-old stepdaughter. Yeah. I told her about the Beatles, and I told her about Van Halen, and I told her about, you know, all these things. Uh-huh. And I say to her, she goes, well, that music's not very good. And I showed her about old rap music, too. I played an old rap song for her, too, yeah. that was that's a lot of fun. Because right. there was some rap music. Sir, Sir, Sir Mix-a-Lock? Uh, no, it wasn't Sir Mix-a-Lock. It was, jeez, uh, oh, I don't remember what it was. But I was playing it, and I said, because she was playing rap music, and I, I played something from the 80s before the whole gangster rap thing started yeah. and I said Beastie Boys that's what I play for my dog no I don't play I don't, I'm not a Beastie Boys fan don't really? hate me don't what's hate me what's wrong with you don't hate me I don't hate you I'm just wondering what's broken in your brain um you got a right for your you got a fight for your right to party really not one of their better songs it was an awful song it's not a great song it, there's probably it's my daughter's favorite it's like they're it's like probably one of their like worst songs it's her favorite. Well, I realized, though, in the process of watching their video, that there was a kid in there. There was, there was, were there any black people in there? I don't fucking know. I mean, it's not a problem. I'm not, I'm not complaining about that. But there was a dude in there who had a long hair and a beard and had a Slayer shirt on. Uh-huh. So I realized, watching that, that they actually are probably capitalizing on an idea, not really 
sold on the cultural idea of what rap is, but just know that there's money to be made. Who? The Beastie Boys? Yeah, that's what it felt like at that point. No. But, I mean, I was 16, so anyway. And I just got tired of it and say, oh, overplay, oh, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so I, so I was playing a rap song, and I don't really remember what it was, and she rolled her eyes at me, okay? <laughs> she said, this is not good music. And I said, you know, every single one, if you took Sia, or you took Shawn Mendes, or you took any of these, Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift, and you set them all in a room, and you ask them, who is, if you think of your influences in music, what is the oldest music of your influence? And they will all say, Dylan, or the Beatles, or the Rolling Stones, I'd say most of them they probably may say, would reference. They, they may know. say somebody older, Otis Redding, or Sam Cooke, or they may say uh, Little Richard, okay? But any one of those people I just listed can go back to Little Richard and cite him, or yeah. go back to Chuck Berry yeah. and see the influence of rock and roll that Chuck Berry had on the culture, Chubby Checker and The Twist. And all those guys that brought the music together for us, that well, yeah, united all those guys us. Are, all those guys are going to reference, like, you know, guys like Robert Johnson and Muddy Waters, and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it goes on and on. I mean, American music, you know, as it was born in, in the Appalachian Mountains in the rural south, you know, I mean, that's the origin of rock and roll, you know, that's the origin of blues, That's the or, and which is, you know, the origin of... You know, rhythm and blues, R and B, and then hip hop, and, and uh, you know, blues growing into you know, blues, blues rock. Yeah, I mean, all all of that can be traced back to you know the original Delta blues and um, you know American American music, which can you know, which was the origin, which was the origin for all folk and country well, music. Even the early jazz could be rolled into that. Absolutely. The influence and I mean, that, yeah. you know, and you can go back before that and refer much of the, you know, um, early Delta blues um, to, you know, uh, spirituals, right. you know, songs that were sung in church and songs that were sung in the fields. And, you know, yeah, so I mean, m much of this is derivative, but I think that for somebody to really appreciate what they like, because I mean, you can so fucking, if Sean Mendez is your fucking favorite artist, like, God damn it, so be it, rock it out, you know? But, like, I don't know that you can really fully appreciate that without understanding the origins of it. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have yeah, to I'm fucking, you know, you don't have to fucking like Honey Boy Edwards as much as, as you like Lil Wayne. You don't. But you should understand that right. that's where it came from. Right. Well, it's like, and I'm, why. I'm, not, I'm not a real Beatles fan. I know a lot of Beatles music, but I'm a fan of Paul McCartney. Yeah, I love all of wing stuff. Okay. So, but if it wasn't for the Beatles, I wouldn't have Paul McCartney and wings. That's right. Yeah. You know. So yeah, and where you got to pay homage. Yeah. I think that that kind of just lack of a desire to historically understand the factors at play and the things that you enjoy or the things that affect you day to day in your life 
is significantly detrimental to the upcoming generations. And it seems to be fairly universal that like everything is disposable, there's nothing that came before, whatever it is, it's just what it is right now, and fuck all that old shit, it sucks anyway. Right. Well, let's let's look at another thing here. You had um, Wild Thing by uh, Tone Loke, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Wild Thing. What is that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, Jamie's crying. Van Halen won, okay? But David Lee Roth went on the on Joe Rogan and talked about how that they played all over L.A. You might end up in the backyard of somebody's quinceanera, and if you didn't play... Got a black magic woman. That's right. Or you might be on the beach and you might play Aerosmith, or mm-hmm. you you had to find it out, and that's where you got songs like Jamie's Crying, and you got yeah. Dance the Night Away, which is Hispanic, has Hispanic and, and influences in the music. Da, 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 you know, Dance the Night Away. <laughs> so that's my that's my jam right there, bro. Oh yeah. 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 I like black. That's a good song. Good song. Yeah. Drake Rowley, Journey. Yeah. Uh, he actually tours with um, Ringo Starr now. Mm-hmm. He's part of the Ringo Starr All Stars most times. So Black Magic. That I think probably all you trace that all the way back to Robert Johnson. And uh, I mean, when did he record? Um, uh, fuck, what's the name of that song? I got a. I got that. I got that on on uh, my computer at home. I got He's all singing songs. about how his woman practices voodoo. You know. What's up, man? What's up, bro? How you uh, doing? I never came back. I'm sorry. No, you're good, bro. It's all good. Buzz by well, I think we've had a pretty interesting conversation about how things work. We're listening to a little Robert Johnson, Kind Heart of Woman. Yeah. Uh, that's where, that's where any, any fucking uh, blues or uh, rock song are fucking uh, about how, you know. They you all gotta, come back to Robert Johnson. They all kind of come back to some original Delta blues, you know. Yeah. Johnson and fucking Muddy and. But I was, we were referring specifically to the, uh, what was the song? Black Magic Woman. Black Magic Woman, yeah. And I just said, hey, if I can, I'm pretty sure that's, uh, you know. I'm, sure ch- I'm going to play these. I'm going to go home and YouTube these both. And, oh, bro. I got this on my hard drive. I got, I got, I think most of Robert Johnson's collection on my hard drive at home. Well, he didn't get to record a lot. He doesn't have a lot of recorded tracks. I have to, I'll, I'll let you know how many songs I got because I, I remember somebody blowing me the, the, the disc uh-huh. and uh, I need to find that. You can only that find that. really something like in the 30s, maybe 30 some different songs. Yeah, the I think it's about that. Yeah. yeah. They're short though, of course, because yeah. recording music was hard then. So anyway. Expensive. Yeah. At least exactly. especially, well, expensive for some. For, you know, yeah, it wasn't like the Soggy Bottom Boys. No, yeah, no. Really <laughs> well, hey, we're going to leave it at that. Well, all right, guys. It was a short one tonight, yeah. but we just tried to have a little fun and put it together before, uh, you know, before Bob's bedtime. So. Yeah. <laughs> so this is Bob. This is Jordan. This has been Shop Talks. Please uh, like and share. Tell a friend, baby. Yeah. Uh, we're still not available on Apple, but... Uh, everywhere else. Everywhere else, absolutely. All right, thanks for joining. Have a good night. Enjoy. Adios.